Afrofuturism can mean many things to many people. It's been used to describe a myriad of literary, artistic, musical, cultural, and technological contributions by African Americans. Hi, I'm Milton Allen Turner, and this week I'll be giving my take on Afrofuturism and explain why black time travelers always want to go forward and never backwards in time. Welcome to this week's episode of Worldviews. As a fan of science fiction, I've joked for years that black people have a very different view of the genre, particularly when it comes to stories that involve time travel. While many time travel stories will feature characters going back into the past, I've always argued that no black person would ever time travel back into the past. Black people will always travel to the future. White people often view the past with nostalgia, reliving glory days of the past, or wishing to bring back some perceived past greatness. There have never been any halcyon good old days in the past for black people to be nostalgic about. Not only has history been particularly brutal for blacks, like William Faulkner noted in Requiem for a Nun, the past isn't even past. It's very much alive and present for blacks. We figure the future has got to be better, and so it's our only safe bet. The NBC TV series Timeless that aired from 2015 to 2016 was one of the few science fiction stories that's dealt with this problem head on. The show featured a scientist, Rufus Carlin, played by the actor Malcolm Barrett, who was the only person able to pilot the time machine called the lifeboat. But Rufus only does so reluctantly because he's keenly aware of the racism he will and does face as a black man. But even the future can be problematic for black people. As author N.K. Jemison noted in her 2013 essay, How Long to Black Futures Month, many depictions of the future, like the cartoon The Jetsons, have no black or brown people in them at all. Jemison noted, quote, even the family android sounds white. Not only have blacks been dehumanized in the past and discriminated against in the present, we now apparently have been eliminated from the future. As a result, blacks have had to write counter-narratives to tell our own stories and to give voice to our own experiences in response to the familiar dominant narratives written about us or that entirely exclude us. Trinidadian writer Earl Lovelace said, quote, our experience has had as its central theme not slavery and colonialism, as is often thought, but the struggle against enslavement and colonialism. I often paraphrase that the black or African-American experience is similarly not rooted in slavery and racism, 
but in the struggle against enslavement and racism. Afrofuturism is a movement or genre that was created in response to this struggle. Afrofuturism can mean many things to many people. Some see it as having been born in the music of Parliament Funkadelic. Others cite the comic book character Black Panther and his kingdom of Wakanda, created by the writers Stan Lee and artist Jack Kirby, as examples. T.J. Henry, in his article, The Power of the Black Imagination, Can You Dig It?, for NBC News on December 2nd, 2015, wrote about the genre he described as Afrofuturism. Henry said that Afrofuturism is, quote, a term coined by Mark Deary, an American author who defined it as speculative fiction that treats and addresses African-American concerns in the context of 20th century technoculture and more generally, African-American signification that appropriates images of technology and a prosthetically enhanced future. Henry added, quote, John Jennings, a visual design professor at SUNY Buffalo, spoke about the fusion of identity, literature, technology, Africana studies, and other elements of academia into Afrofuturism. Most of these stories are told through graphics and comic strips, like the ones Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, who created Black Panther. Jennings made a point during a lecture that Afrofuturism is imagining ourselves in the future, which is pretty audacious for us to think that way, seeing that we're not supposed to have one. I want to explicitly state that this week I'll be discussing my views of Afrofuturism and not African futurism. Afrofuturism focuses primarily on the African diaspora, especially in the United States. Author Andy Okorafo defined African futurism as, quote, a subcategory of science fiction that is similar to Afrofuturism, but is more deeply rooted in African culture, history, mythology, and point of view, as it then breaches into the black diaspora, but does not privilege or center the West. Okorafor observed that, quote, in Afrofuturism, Wakanda builds its first outpost in Oakland, California, the United States. In African futurism, Wakanda builds its first outpost in a neighboring African country. Look for an episode where I'll explore the ideas and themes of African futurism later this season. Afrofuturistic works often have a cyclical nature and present attempts to recapture a stolen or hidden past in order to build a safer or better future. My first introduction to these ideas was through the music of George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. In 1970, George Clinton 
issued the challenge in the Funkadelic song, Free Your Mind and Your Ass Will Follow. Clinton said, quote, free your mind and your ass will follow. Freedom is free of the need to be free. His lyric tells us that we must first imagine freedom and set our minds free. And then the rest should follow. But as he said, we must free ourselves of the need to be free. Five years later, George Clinton was daring enough to imagine a nation governed exclusively by black leaders in the song Chocolate City by Parliament. But in December of that same year, 1975, Parliament's album, The Mothership Connection, took it to an intergalactic level when George Clinton introduced us to Star Child, an extraterrestrial brother light years in time ahead of our time, who, once upon a time called now, announced to the citizens of the universe that he had come to reclaim the pyramids, partying on the mothership, for he was the mothership connection. In college, a few years later, I became aware, for the first time, of the existence of a black science fiction writer. Octavia E. Butler is often cited as a major influence on Afrofuturism. Her novel, Kindred, explored the troubled relationship blacks have with the past as its protagonist Dana, a young black woman, is repeatedly pulled back in time from 1976 to Maryland in 1815 to save one of her white slave-owning ancestors, Rufus, whenever he happens to be in danger. In her novels, Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talents, Butler tells the story of a young black woman, Lauren Alamina, who struggles to survive the dangers of a global climate disaster and economic collapse by trying to find a place where she can build a safe home and found a new faith, Earthseed. In these works, Butler melds past, present, and future and questions prevailing assumptions about race, class, gender, and power. Over the past year, the Smithsonian has sponsored and organized several events on the topic of Afrofuturism. According to the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum's website, quote, Afrofuturism is the reframing and reimagining of the past, present, and future through a global black lens. A multimedia movement rooted in issues of social justice and equity, it centers African and African-American contributions to the advancement of science, technology, and culture and is often explored through music, art, and literature." Unquote. The Smithsonian's collection of Afrofuturistic artifacts include Octavia Butler's typewriter, the Black Panther suit from the Marvel movie, and Parliament Funkadelic's mothership from the P-Funk Earth tour of the late 1970s. The Smithsonian's website states that, quote, 
The Smithsonian Afrofuturism Series is a collaboration between the National Air and Space Museum, the National Museum of African American History and Culture, and the National Museum of African Art. This site also notes that, quote, Smithsonian scholarship and collections address the topics of futurism and Afrofuturism from many angles. Each of the three collaborating museums brings a perspective on the topics that include the prevalence of Afrofuturism in science fiction and how visions of the future affect space exploration and today's technological landscape, how technology is used to enact or enforce existing power dynamics or to resist these structures, how the sources and impact of Afrofuturism are rooted in Africa's and the African diaspora's arts and history, as well as their global influences. Not limited to fictional depictions of the future, this collaboration will examine what the future looks like today and how the future addresses issues like post-colonialism, climate change, and urbanization, unquote. The three Smithsonian museums, the National Air and Space Museum, the National Museum of African American History and Culture, and the National Museum of African Art, hosted a series of panel discussions that premiered as part of the event called Claiming Space, a symposium on black futures, past, present, and potential, which took place from January 27th through January 29th, 2022. The National Museum of African American History and Culture will feature a special exhibit on Afrofuturism called A History of Black Futures that will open in March 2023. The museum describes Afrofuturism as, quote, a concept and theory, a platform for new ideas and a new form of expression, a way of reimagining the world. They offer a definition of Afrofuturism as, quote, an evolving concept expressed through a black cultural lens that reimagines, reinterprets, and reclaims the past and present for a more empowering and inclusive tomorrow. Dr. Martin Luther King understood the importance of being able to imagine a, quote, more empowering and inclusive tomorrow, and was probably what we would call today an Afrofuturist. Dr. King was apparently a huge Star Trek fan. Dr. King convinced Nichelle Nichols to continue portraying Lieutenant Nayoto Uhura on Star Trek when she was considering quitting after the first season to pursue a role on Broadway because her true love was musical theater. In her autobiography, Nichols wrote that Dr. King told her that she couldn't leave because she was a role model for millions of young girls and women, the only African-American on TV in a role worth having. Dr. King told her, quote, the world sees us for the first time as we should be seen, unquote.
the fact that black science fiction fans tend to look to the future is not due to an ignorance or denial of the past, but instead it represents a full recognition, even embrace, of the past's harshness and its brutality. It's the fact that we know how bad the past has been that makes us yearn so deeply for a brighter future. The character Danis travels to the past in Octavia Butler's novel Kindred come at a devastating psychological and physical cost. In fact, the very first line of the book is, quote, I lost an arm on my last trip home, unquote. The loss of her left arm is a stark reminder in the present of the horrors of the past. Dr. King saw that Afrofuturism is much more than a concept or a theory. It is also an empowering reality. Being able to see ourselves as not merely surviving, but thriving in the future is critical. We just have to allow ourselves the freedom to imagine. As George Clinton told us, free your mind and your ass will follow. But we can never be complacent because as George Clinton also warned us, think it ain't illegal yet. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show and that you found something in it to spark a deeper conversation leading to greater understanding. I'm Milton Allen Turner, and I invite you to join me again next week for more 